Can I give a quick shout out right now to Kagan Buchanan, who just walked into my room to bring me breakfast? Oh, yeah. Kagan. Hey, Kagan. And also, shout <laughs> out, noted. Oh, thank you. He's left the room now. But. Oh, wait, very nice. Wait a second. Steven, yeah. it's like, it's noon. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, this, it actually says this on Kagan's uh, driver's license, but breakfast served all day. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Over one Steven served. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other? <laughs> <laughs> wait, there are more Stevens? What's going on? <laughs> I could be having his breakfast, too. (laughs) Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is episode number 59. We have now done as many episodes as there are stellations in an icosahedron. We're the podcast about Netflix, movies, and television. Today we're talking about the Overton window, the third and final time. If you want to read along with us, you can get the audiobook for the price that God intended it to be, nothing. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Sign up for a free trial. You get the audiobook. You can keep it even if you cancel the trial. Do that right now. We appreciate it. Let me introduce to you today's panel. We have a very good panel for you today. First up today, he's an FBI agent who's so deep undercover, even the book doesn't know which side he's on. Back uh, in his rightful chair, where God intended him to be, it's Ezra. I'm just going to blow myself up before I do anything more interesting. (laughs) I I think that's a good idea for you. (laughs) Get me out of this book. (laughs) Are Are you all settled in Tehran? You're, you're safely there? That is pretty much where I am, and yes. <laughs> okay, good. Also joining us today, uh, his blossoming internet career was cut short by a mushroom cloud in rural Nevada, which I think is the first time anyone's ever said that sentence about anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Chris. Yeah, just call me Quick Draw McWaste's Bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I learned how to shoot, not aim. <laughs> I love that idea about any talent where you're like, I want to learn how to do this really quickly and I don't care if I'm good at it. (laughs) I don't care what I hit as long as it looks good. I don't want to be able to hit a golf ball far or accurately. I just want to hit a lot of them per minute. (laughs) Alex's first day on the porno set. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, also joining us today, he looks like Natalie Portman except for the hair, the eyes, the face, the beauty marks, and the height. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Steven back to the program. Hey, uh... Actually, the only thing I actually brought to the entire plot of this book was uh, looking like a celebrity. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> and wrong alma mater and wrong religion. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Molly was... Let's just get that out there. Yeah. Molly, but... Molly's going down with the ship. Yeah, but... Uh, this very sinkable Molly Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nice. Yeah, thank you. Also, of course, I'm your host. Uh, it took it took three days of near-constant torture for me to realize that I could just lie and tell them what they wanted to hear. My name's Alex. Man, you have not seen a lot of cop dramas, have you? At no point in the torture was he was like, maybe I'll just say, stop, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we talk about the book anymore, we should get an idea of what the plot of this final third is, because it is vastly different from the plot <laughs> of the first two sections. Style changed. I think the author changed. 
the uh, uh, two two out of the three Ghost Riders took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, if you can if you can uh, stop giggling long enough, I would like you to summarize the plot of this book in forty five seconds, in the style of a dramatic father son conversation about a brave new world order. Oh God! Full disclosure, I wasn't listening very hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Son, I want to tell you a story, and maybe this will sound familiar. Okay, Dad. What's going on? Well, one of my children stole a nuclear device and is planning on using it to blow up something in particular. Oh no, Dad. That's a bad story. Yes, it's also been done before. <laughs> and there's another person in another part of the state that is trying to discover whether or not he's a revolutionary or whether whether he's a cog in the machine. But dad, being a cog in the machine is productive and fruitful. It gets you money and hoes. Son, being a revolutionary <laughs> gets you more. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I picked uh, up some things I missed in the book, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe more of the plot will come out as we discuss the book, particularly as we, like we do on every show, start and end with a compliment sandwich. Stephen, I guess that today you were the guest because uh, because Ezra's back where he belongs. So you're, I know. Uh, this is kind of like me being at uh, my last show before I'm fired. It's it's just it's gonna get <laughs> it's gonna get real raw today. <laughs> well, and we've moved you down from host to guest, so it's like we're we're weaning. Yeah, you off no, the show. That, that's like, good. Yeah, I would go through serious withdrawals and just shake. <laughs> well, so it, which would make it easier on your departure if you went first or last in the compliment round? Um, I'll probably go uh, last. Okay, last. Uh, that means it is Chris's turn to go first. Chris, what is your major compliment? Yeah, so mine is about the tragic character of Landers. Um, Landers is the enforcer for Arthur Gardner, the main character's dad. And so they pick Noah up after he's been drugged by, by Molly, and they discover that Molly and her people have gotten into the system and hacked the mainframe and all that other you know shit. And Landers goes, hey, at least somebody got laid out of all this. And it wasn't <laughs> even true. <laughs> Landers so, is still a frat boy. He's still a frat boy, but I love the purity of his vision. <laughs> I don't. Th Did we ever get his last name? No, because I like to think his name is Landers Calrissiers. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, that's what it is. Okay, good. All right, I'm gonna go second. My major compliment is to the city of Winnemucca. It's <laughs> A lot of this section of the book took place in rural Nevada, and they, a lot of people say bad things about Winnemucca, Nevada, including some of the people in this book, and uh, everything they say is true. However, um, the good things about the muck are these. It's a really convenient place to get gas and snacks when you're driving to Elko, Nevada. Also, Winnemucca, their city motto is, proud of it. <laughs> It, seriously, but if you first drive into Winnemucca, there's a huge cemetery and a big concrete sign in the middle of the cemetery that just says, proud of it. <laughs> that's, that is Winnemucca, Nevada in a nutshell. And we I died here and we meant to. <laughs> <laughs> Dead and loving it, Winnemucca. Oh, uh, all right, number three, Ezra, what is your compliment major? Okay, at one point, the big bad boss daddy uh, talks about all the politicians being uh, prostitutes and puppets. I just kind of got this great image of, of a crossover show, I guess, where all the people are both prostitutes and puppets at the same time. 
<laughs> like, a, like a Muppets with felt penises, sort of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're like, like you know, Avenue Q, but, you know, a little grittier, I was hoping. Yeah, it's like like 4th Avenue Q. Yes, exactly. Um, and I just thought that might kind of be um, a fun thing. And even better, if, you know, we had just, from now on, there's a law, actually, that all of our, all of our politicians actually had to be prostitutes and puppets at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Steven. It's time. What is your the final major compliment for this book? So, uh, one of my common complaints about this book is how uh, every every character and every action is over described and very heavy handed. Mm-hmm. But uh, my compliment is for the character Ellen Davenport. Yes. Which you may not even remember. She was uh, his friend who worked at a hospital. Yep. And just because she was a plot contrivance, she was actually handled uh, like a real person. <laughs> I might respectfully disagree with you, but go on. No, that that's it. Please disagree. Okay. <laughs> My favorite thing about Ellen is that uh, because Noah, the entire time, the only interaction he has with any woman characters with Molly, and he's also known as being like this ladies' man. So if he's gonna have any interaction with a woman that isn't sexual in nature, Glenn Beck has to explain in a paragraph how they're just friends. And they're not going to try and date. Well, maybe you haven't been around me in a while, but that's kind of how my relationships with females are. We have to, like, be really clear from the start that we're not going to sleep together. So, like, there's, like, hi, I'm Steven. Hi, I'm Janice. You seem like a nice person, but I'm not really looking for anything right now. Um, You have, uh, I don't know, great eyes, but I just don't really see you in that way. Is it just, like, that's the first, like, hour or so of your conversation? Uh, I I actually, I wear a shirt that usually says that. Depending on how I want our relationship to progress within the first 15 seconds. (laughs) I'm going to add that to the drawing of the Thin Voice Ranger that I've seen before. Now, whenever I picture you, Steven, it's that same guy. He's wearing a shirt that's saying, like, we probably won't date. Don't get your <laughs> probably not your future boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, if I can take you behind the scenes of my compliment for a moment. I, uh, <laughs> I, 45 minutes ago, I was struggling to come up with one compliment. And uh, I was re-listening to things and, and heard that. I remember, oh, I don't remember anything about her, which makes me like her. So. Compliments out of the way, it is time for our more natural segment, the thing that comes more easily to us. It's time for our recurring segment of Hates and Ladders. Ooh, nice. So go down a hate, climb up a ladder. But remember, you have to land exactly on the hate if you want to go down the hate. Yeah, I'll kick off by uh, rolling an eight, which takes me just past a ladder, so I have to go the long way around. Um, This is about Noah's celebrity impersonation skills. (laughs) <laughs> or his Derek Zoolander-esque makeup skills. In which he changes the look. So they're in an airport and security. He and Molly are in an airport and Molly's got to get through, but she's on the no-fly list. So he uses money and power to clear security, clear the way, get a concierge guy, and then make her look like Natalie Portman by having her put on a hat, a sweatshirt, his sunglasses, and him drawing with an eye pencil two moles. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I think the answer to all of the like, and then he, like the excuse to all of this was like, celebrities are trying to travel incognito, so they're trying not to look like themselves. Yeah. So I can, which is just a great excuse to be bad at your job. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, I got a little tan. I got two freckles uh, and shaved. I did not get stopped uh, and asked for an autograph because people thought I looked like Natalie Portman. I'm looking at your picture now on Skype, and you look just like her. You know, when she's traveling. <laughs> when she's yes, traveling. Yeah, yeah, not when she's in a movie. That's <laughs> actually a great compliment now. It's like, hey, you look like a traveling version of, uh, <laughs> of Natalie Portman. We also have to be on the lookout for celebrity impersonators who are doing impressions of the celebrities when they're traveling so that they don't have to do as much work to get into the character. Yeah. Right now, I'm I'm doing a really great Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> Tell me anything that she said ever. <laughs> uh, she had a show named after her. Go on, any line, any line. Wait, throw your throw your hat in the air. Oh yeah, that show. <laughs> um, okay. Anybody else have a have a hate or a ladder? Yeah. Agent Kearns. <laughs> Agent Kearns, they kept like I think three times in the book they made reference to the fact that he was a uh, he was so deep undercover that maybe only one person at the FBI knew he was even uh, working for the FBI anymore. He, you're not undercover, you're fired at that. Point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I am working deep undercover for J.C. Penny right now. <laughs> right, you actually I mean... don't work there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, other hate that I have. As I love Winnemucca, Nevada. I also love Las Vegas, and they were going to nuke Las Vegas. They had a plan, the evil terrorists had a plan to kill 30,000 blackjack dealers and a handful of white tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Even people who hate America are like, well, Las Vegas is kind of fun. <laughs> Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I am just a devil with love and spare. So viva This this segment is called uh I'm sorry, Glenn, what? <laughs> <laughs> so let's try let's just try to figure out the things that we did not quite make sense to us from the plot of this book. Okay. Go ahead, Ez. So uh, I think for about 30 seconds, uh, at one point I went to the bathroom. When I came back, Noah had reunited with the girl who had tried to drug him and was taking her across the country to save her for something. I don't really know what happened, but how do we get to that point? I can, I can explain, but it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. Noah found out Molly's mom was dying. Molly's mom said, hey... Go find Molly and take her where she wants to go. Where did, okay. she, did, did where did he find her though? She was hiding by the airport. Duh, just in front of the security line. <laughs> but when she said she's hiding by the airport, I pictured her standing like by like a chain link fence with some razor wire on top, like watching planes take off. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm gonna go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> here's what here's what I really don't didn't follow. The FBI guy was kind of working for the FBI. And he had a fake bomb. Where did they get the real bomb? Great question. Okay, I think I got a little bit of this. Yeah. FBI guy's buddy, the one guy that knew he was in the FBI, was doing actually the same thing that Kearns was with a real bomb, though, I think. And So he had a... Okay, so the, the guy <laughs> that was pretending to be a former FBI agent selling to nuclear weapons to terrorists had a friend who just happened to be a real former FBI guy selling nuclear weapons to terrorists... This is the redundancy of the government. Why would why would you sell a real bomb to terrorists? All right, I'm out. I'm out. I can't do it. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, uh, just to add on to this, uh, and this is meeting him more than halfway. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So nice of you. (laughs) Uh, One of the one of my questions actually may have been resolved with this because originally, like they said that there was like a transportation of like six nuclear bombs and one of them was like one of them went missing and then nobody ever talked about that missing one so it's like what the hell just happened to this other nuclear bomb but maybe that's what happened. i love the idea that like he's selling a fake bomb to terrorists and then like he like pretending to be this guy and this other fbi guy is doing it for real and like they they're 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 coworkers, but they never knew that they had the same hobbies yeah <laughs> it's like a new yeah. version of the pina colada song all right. Yeah. <laughs> if you like selling nuclear warheads <laughs> and getting caught in the blast. Alright, uh we we can continue more. I'm sorry, Glenn. What? Uh, in the uh, writer's workshop if you feel like it. But first I want to do our recurring segment or for this topic, things Glenn Beck doesn't understand. We've covered a lot of territory, a lot of technology, uh, a lot of food items. Glenn Beck doesn't understand reading or writing or eating or the internet or riding in cars or talking to girls or anything like that. So what, what should we add to the list of this week? What else does Glenn Beck not understand? Punctuation. This is a quote from uh, from... Noah's dad after Noah's dad electrocuted the shit out of Noah. Um, he says, inconclusive. I'm sure you know, that's a word I hate more than any other. And doesn't it place a sad little period at the end of a story? That's not what's like inconclusive. Like an inconclusive would be like ellipses, you yeah. know? <laughs> a period's really pretty definite, actually. That, that means the story oh, so ends there. you gotta there. start thinking about periods before the end of the story. That's too late. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a run-on, my friend. <laughs> Break that shit up. Also, old man Beck still does not understand technology. Yeah. There were a bunch of cut and pasted emails or text messages. I couldn't tell which. Easy way to tell which. First of all, one comes from a phone number. The other comes from an email address. Second of all, one is copy pasted and the other one is on a cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) If it's printed out, it was an email. Not so much a text message because you don't text message a printer. You really shouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing it wrong if that's how it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Glenn Beck does not understand basic human anatomy. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's explained. Noah's reason why he's not totally on one side or totally on the other is that he has his father's brain and his mother's <laughs> heart. <laughs> and the two are fighting each other. <laughs> other uh, things Glenn yeah. Beck doesn't understand? Uh, he doesn't know how to end a novel. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Is that where this book ends? This everything so noah gardner is the hero he could have made the decision he made at the end of the book on page 50 to be a double agent and everything and like the rest of the book wouldn't have had to happen and nothing (laughs) nothing's different because danny bailey did his own thing like this this book could have been like an eighth as long with the same ending yeah i mean this is it's not like glenn beck supporters want to read a lot either i mean he's not doing anything (laughs) right hey i got a metaphor fail for you oh yeah good quote not just a plan, because a plan can be defeated. It's a foundation. Because <laughs> yeah, foundations can't crumble or anything. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. crack, or shift, or collapse, or leak. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're just going to mention something and the ways it can go wrong, surely you could have thought of something for a foundation. Yeah. 
I would. I rather say like I don't know what's something that can't break. Like a black box. Those are really sturdy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah it's from an airplane. Not, it's yeah. not just a plant. It's a flight recorder. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, Glenn Beck does not understand the sound waves. Hmm. Oh. Uh, okay. I'm shocked. Yeah. Last line. Uh. Be- before the epilogue, the last line of the official part of the book, and wherever Molly was, he knew for certain she would hear them. We have it in our power, Noah said, to begin the world over again. Okay. So. Just because you say something, even if it's like something kind of important that ends the book, that doesn't mean anyone in the world can hear you. Like that doesn't like things don't work that way. There's still like you know like walls and like I don't know distances. Like there's there's a whole lot of business that I don't really understand myself, but I know you can't just like say something and make sure someone else will hear it. She sent him a, a bracelet in bread pudding. I mean, she's clearly got some powers. Even if you get a uh, you know a bracelet in cobbler. That does not mean someone can hear you whenever you say something. It's not like well, no, no. I the, what I, I I'm sorry. I gotta respectfully disagree with you here, Ezra. She clearly had her fingers in a lot of pies, uh, figuratively <laughs> and, and literally. Um, she had she had to put a lot of fingers in a lot of pies to to get that bracelet and that cobbler. Is what you're saying? Well, that's what I'm saying. At least one pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she she clearly like was a pretty powerful lady. Like she was able to like control a lot of stuff at a lot of different lands. She probably had a recorder somewhere. She probably was able to hear him. Uh, oh, I thought you meant like a plastic flute. <laughs> she can play Amazing Grace. It's great. Oh, huh? <laughs> uh, so Glenn Beck doesn't understand quick drawing a gun. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? So they talk about how Danny Bailey, you know, learned how to be really quick on a quick draw. But unlike Molly, who was deadly accurate, he just didn't know what he was doing once he had the gun out. Anyway, Glenn Beck says something like, There are four distinct steps to a quick draw, but when you do it fast enough, it looks like one motion. Someone just draw? I just, I just tried to do a quick draw with a pair of scissors, and I threw it on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I would have known what to do with them once I got them out. Anyway, Wait, were but... you aiming at the floor? Because <laughs> if so, good job. I, I don't know much, but in when the description was like, he like had to push his coat out of the way to get his gun out of his, like, yeah. I, is that one of the steps of a quick draw is like, it's, regret it was... wearing a long jacket? <laughs> <laughs> it was very unclear. First, you have to wish you wore something more sensible for a gunfight. <laughs> and... Then you have to be wistful about the events of your life that led you to this point. <laughs> <laughs> Third, contemplate how your ex-girlfriend was a better shot than you are. Yeah. Fourth, fourth, do a quick draw. draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, Glenn Beck does not understand art. Um, at one point he says that electro- electrocution is more of an art than a science. Uh, <laughs> the results were never fully known until the procedure was finished. Um, there's so many things wrong with this. Um, <laughs> that one with science, you often don't know the results until it's finished. Um, right. With art, uh, there's not really a lot of crossover with art and electrocution, uh, generally speaking. <laughs> uh, with I, art, you frequently have a plan for what you're gonna do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, if anyone can defend this, I'd like to hear it. But yeah, I'll, I'll put up a, um, a a loyal opposition to this just for the hell of it. Um, what if it was performance art? What if you're just electrocuting, you know, a homeless guy for about an hour in front of a in front of a bored audience? Electrocution is more a performance art than a performance science. <laughs> Very we true. Need more performance sciences. <laughs> I want I want Thomas Edison to electrocute more elephants. <laughs> there's also like there's always those surgeries where everybody's up in like the balcony looking in, like that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Is the public permitted in an operating theater? Is that a thing? Not. 
I mean, it's like not. it's more like you ask for forgiveness rather than permission. That's my rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! He's going to nick the vein. <laughs> like, let's do the wave. Let's do the wave. <laughs> <laughs> peanuts, get your peanuts here. <laughs> you know, parents are the same, no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you, other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Hey, so Steven and Ez, it's kind of it's kind of weird to have you both on the same show now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's awkward. Because like normally right now, I would ask you one of you about something that had happened during the week, and now there's two of you, so I'm not really sure what to ask. Well, I mean, it's kind of no contest. I mean, my during the week, I found a lost puppy and returned it to its owner, all because of Audible. So it's kind of no contest. Uh, actually, you know, Ezra, I, because of Audible, I was actually able to protect a woman who was uh, who was getting mugged, and I got her to to escape and run away and beat up the guy because of Audible. So I, I don't think that that works, Ezra. Okay, well, on the way back to returning my puppy, he actually bit a would-be rapist and and just killed him, just killed killed the rapist. So. Oh, it, it's funny you mention that because uh, I was I was walking back home and listening to Audible, and I actually actually set fire to thirty rapists. So. <laughs> okay, it's really funny you should mention that because uh, while listening to Audible on the way home, I actually uh, put out 30 different houses that were on fire. Oh. Yeah, I, I think would-be rape victims, I think, was probably what they were. <laughs> oh. I'm almost positive. I, I, <laughs> it's, again, it's funny you mentioned 30 homes because uh, right after that, it's funny, I saved 30 cities from being exploded by nuclear devices while listening to Audible. So. Okay, I, I, that's that's pretty good, dude. But um, I actually broke a peace deal with over thirty countries uh, while listening to Audible, so I'm. Uh, that that's fair, but uh, you know this whole like dark matter, people are trying to look for it and everything. I actually found it and found it just in time to prevent thirty universes from exploding. Um, Audible also helped me uh, get a sandwich from the deli. Oh, what kind of sandwich? It was pastrami. Killing a person for probably being a rapist amounts to thought crime. Audible.com. Only <laughs> little PSA from <laughs> Only you can stop unwanted penetration. Audiblepodcast.com. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for a, uh, a regular segment on the show. This is called The Writer's Workshop. For a lot of the books we read, we, we were actually lucky enough to get the actual authors. So we have t- today Glenn Beck, and also he will be speaking on behalf of the two people who actually did the writing for the book. Uh, so thank you so much for being here, Glenn. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. So everybody else, if you just uh, introduce yourself to the panel, remind everybody what your name is before you begin, and then ask Glenn any questions you want. This is an open place. I mean, constructive criticism only, please, but it's an open floor, so say what you need. Hi, uh, Glenn. My friends call me Paul, and uh, I'm I'm from (laughs) Boston. And uh, I was wondering why, uh, once the nuclear bomb went off and the revolution was starting... You didn't 
have a Pony Express or any other team of riders going out spreading the word of liberty. Uh, well, Paul, uh, your name reminds me quite a bit of a of another Paul from Boston, and uh, it just uh, <laughs> it just <laughs> makes me so <laughs> so happy and sad at the same time to to talk to you. Uh, that's that's a good question i uh i brought that up with my ghost writers but they seem more interested in just getting it done and doing it right uh i'm sorry paul let me ask you uh i'm still just hosting here but i'm just curious are are you actually paul revere or are you just a member of the founders friends keepers (laughs) i am indeed a member of founders and friends uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, call, call me uh, King. Uh, and I was wondering, uh, I like a lot of the ideas you present uh, for destabilizing America, because um, I, I also think it's been kind of going in the wrong direction uh, for the last couple hundred years or so. Uh, so what are some thoughts you might have uh, to get it, you know, kind of going back, maybe... Back where it was, uh, like 1750 or so, uh, around that time. Uh, 1750? You, you don't mean about 1776 or a little after? No, I'm pretty sure not. Yeah. Uh, just around 1775 would even be okay, I think, uh, for parts it's, of it. it. It's funny that you, you would want to go back there, because what I remember of that era yeah. is uh, me, uh, I just remember people just choking to death on stamp taxes. Um, <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Damn the stamp tax and all that it stands for. That's right. If you don't, if you don't like the language, you just give that back. Also, you know, I mean, you're not, you're not using it very well in your book. Just... Shut up, puss. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Space Shark. I'm uh, really glad to be here today. I'm, I just want you to know I'm a friend to all of you. Is that a nickname? <laughs> No, I'm I'm Space Shark. All right. Thank you for letting me be here today, Glenn. I just wanted to know why you waited till the end of the book for anything to happen. Uh, well, uh, I I originally imagined that this book would be much longer, uh, several thousand pages, and so it was kind of a like a Twilight novel. Yes, exactly. Uh, I I figured it would be a slow burn, uh, <laughs> but then I was told through my publisher that actually it could only be as long as it was much shorter. So I had to kind of jam everything in the last 700 pages in. Very good, thank you. You're welcome. Glenn, I wanted to know uh, why nobody seemed to get laid. Uh, I think uh, this book could have used a few more midnight rides, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for your question, Paul. I actually don't know what you mean. (laughs) I mean laying some pipe between Charlestown and Lexington, you know? (laughs) You know, uh, what I always say is, uh, if if you're on a boat, you should have a threesome. One if by land, two if by sea. Uh, well, all that aside, I didn't think this was the right time to uh, discuss plumbing. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a question, Glenn. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, basically the reason why uh, the, the main character, Noah, was so easily seduced was because the woman in question, dressed up like his mother and wore his mom's sweater. Is anyone attracted to that? Um, well, actually, let me ask you a question first. Are, are you married to anybody right now? No, no, I'm I am a single man. Single, single man. Uh, Shark. your last... Your... Shark, man. Yeah. 
Uh, was your uh, was your last girlfriend maybe a shark? Well, space is a lonely place. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's not a lot of other space creatures. I mean, I have a lot of friends. It's it's really when you're a friend to all, it's really easy to fall into the friend zone when you meet new women. So, when I meet a lady shark or a lady space cadet or anything, I, I don't really discriminate. The first thing we usually discuss is how we're probably never going to date. <laughs> Look, uh, whatever space sharks do in the privacy of their own space homes is fine with me. But if you're going to come in here and rub your, your space gay sharks all over my land face. Are you calling me a space mustache? <laughs> I, maybe I misinterpreted. I apologize. What was your question? Why do you want to fuck your mom's sweater? That's what I'm wondering. Oh, it was soft. <laughs> very, very, very soft. Very good, gentle feeling um, against the gentle. Glenn, Glenn, this yeah. is uh, Ann Coulter again. Hi. Hi. Uh, do you want me to wear your mom's sweater tonight? Uh, if you could wear several sweaters on top of that sweater. That... She's very bony, so it's yeah. important you cover a lot of I'm sorry I cut you with my elbow last night. Yeah, I, I, a lot of stitches, a lot of bruising. Please. It was worth it, though, wasn't it? I think it was worth uh, it. It's and it's just really important to layer, okay? She she is as sharp as you are soft, Glenn. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Okay. I didn't mean it. Uh -huh. I love you. I'm going to eat your face. No, it, uh, it wasn't you. I was thinking about Thomas Jefferson and how awesome. <laughs> he was. Uh, Mr. Beck, Mr. Beck. Um, this is Paul again. Uh, as a well-regarded silversmith, I just wanted to talk to you about the uh, bracelet that uh, Molly Ross wears and that is found <laughs> by the end. Uh, uh -huh. uh, you mentioned that it's a, the engraving is more worn uh, than last time. Now, silver is a very soft metal. It doesn't it doesn't wear uh, so much as dent and tarnish. How do you propose that it survived a trip in peach cobbler? Uh, I don't know if you're very familiar with uh, how we do business here, but um, our regulations are a little lax, and if you want to buy some jewelry, you can either go and buy, like, the real thing and, and waste your money, or you could go to one of our fine establishments like Walmart or big companies and, and buy a, a, a little bit of an imitation, and, and they kind of, they tend to wear differently than actual products. So it wasn't real silver? Yes, that's correct. You rapscallion, you! <laughs> don't call me that! <laughs> I guess this is a question for you, Glenn. Um, aren't I awesome? Yeah, I mean you're pretty cool. I, I just I'm I'm curious about how you breathe. Uh, well, uh, since I mean the the bubble helmet covers the part of my gills, but since I don't need to breathe air because I'm a fish, it's fine. Right. No, that's that's true. Uh, so is there water in there? In space? No, in your bubble helmet. Well, no, I mean, I'm breathing from space. Oh, you're breathing space air. The the bubble helmet is just for looks. Because <laughs> I don't It's need a to jaunty accessory, much the same as Paul Revere used to wear a tri-corner hat. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you uh, one more question, Glenn. Yeah. Would you love to hear my theme song? Uh, I would. I would. That Yes, is the answer to that question. It would be music to this smithy's ears. <laughs> Space Shark! Space Shark! Space Shark! Space Shark! He's a friend to all and a ruthless killer! Space Shark! He's a sci-fi action comic thriller! Space Shark! 
Acid tried to shoot him, but the missile was a dud. Space Shark! He frolics with space kittens, but he thirsts for your blood. Space Shark! Space Shark! Ooh, 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 Space Shark! Space Shark! Ooh, 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 Space Shark! What's up there? Do you see it? Hark, is it a bird or a plane? No, it's motherfucking Space Shark! Telescope! Watch him move across the sky. He never stops moving, cause then he would die. He lurks around you in your space station, about to get all up in your international fashion. It's the Space Shark duality, benevolent depravity, flying and killing without the pull of gravity. Nothing can beat his shark mystique, and in space, it's always motherfucking Shark Week! Bubble helmeted and mustachioed. When Space Shark goes out, yeah, he's a classy hoe. If you want to stay out of trouble, don't ever tap on his glass helmet bubble. Never moonwalk after dark. And if you can avoid it, don't bleed around Space Shark. If you've got to go out, use a buddy system. And if you rap, don't ever diss him. He's your best friend if you don't provoke. But if you start some shit, you're gonna need a bigger space boat. Look out above and underneath, because there's a fish out of water with serrated teeth. Tail thrusters and a dorsal fin. Don't arm wrestle with him, cause of course he'll win. Doctor, do you think I should be afraid of Space Shark? Why yes. He'll kill you. Space Shark! Hey! <laughs> Beautiful. Well done, Space Shark. Space Shark, you really are a friend to all. I mean, it says he's a ruthless killer. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, watch the fuck out. time for the final half of our compliment sandwich this is the uh the minor compliment and it's the last nice thing you'll ever have to say about glenn beck's book as long as that's great <laughs> <laughs> we have to go in reverse order so that means steven uh you are up first what is your minor compliment 15 minutes into part seven uh the best the best two sentences ever uh molly says to uh noah how dare you dangle that in front of me again you know i want it Referring to <laughs> her dream of having like a cabin or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it just I I don't think you can really use the word dangle unless you're talking about a cat to to not mean a penis. So I think the the panther definitely cues Molly on that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um. All right. That uh that makes it Ezra's turn. Ezra, minor comp. Okay. So at one point, um, uh, Molly's mama is dying of uh. Herby pesticides, and um, <laughs> she uh, invokes the privilege of a dying woman, which I think I did not know that they had a specific privilege. Uh, in this case, it's um, get my daughter across the country to yes. not blow her up. Yeah, but in the notebook, a dying woman's privilege was getting some. Yeah, I mean, I... also you have. It's important to remember that that no matter what it is, a dying woman's privilege is only is thirty percent less than a dying man's privilege. <laughs> it's science. 
<laughs> I think it's more of an art, actually. But um, <laughs> I mean, really, the lesson is stay away from dying people, or you're going to be asked to do shit. That, that <laughs> was actually what I got out of it, also, Stephen. Thank you. So, lesson learned. Good. <laughs> so my my minor compliment is that I love the Fight Club esque situation where every custodian and food server and gas station attendant is secretly working for the same organization so that at any point they might pull you over and be like, check it out, the organization is mad at you, punch, 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 here's some cobbler. (laughs) (laughs) I I could take bad news a lot better if they gave me some cobbler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also... Also, the uh, the cobbler did not include like a little hacksaw to get out of jail. It included a bracelet from some lady that was not coming to save him. You yeah. can't get out, but uh, feel better. And here's something conspicuous that the guards are totally going to confiscate. <laughs> we really love you. That's why we're leaving you out to continue doing great, important spy work for us and not <laughs> pulling you to safety somewhere. But here's a heavy-handed meta- metaphor to get you through. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Noah, while he's, like, doing his, like, you know, work for his dad, he can't help but be revolutionary. Like, he comes up with an organization that its acronym is fraud. Like, it's yeah. just, like, he can't help it now that he knows the truth, you know? it just. Keeps... Oh, I wish yeah. I complimented that. I love that his subconscious brain does really clever acronyms. That, that's actually a real danger for, danger for double agents is that all their um, true identities come out in acrostics. It's a, yeah. it's a big problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, that, that, that leaves just the one compliment. Yeah. Well, speak, uh, speaking of things that Glenn Beck has a chubby for, he's really <laughs> just, just like uh, how Dan Brown reveals what his ideal woman is in The Lost Symbol by, you know, when he describes that lady. Um, Glenn Beck describes how Molly really is and how revolutionary Molly really looks. It's a camo top, Daisy Dukes. And an AK-47. <laughs> it does sound kind of hot when you put it that way. Yeah. Basically, he's been looking at Sarah Palin porn. Okay, now it's time for my absolute favorite segment. Uh, Chris is going to read some more questions from our fans from the Facebook page, and we are going to answer them... Uh, and maybe tell you a little, pull back the curtain a little bit, tell you more about the show, how it's made, whatever. So, Chris, if you could read the first question, get us started. Sure. Axelrod asks, do you guys have time to read stuff you actually want to read? And if so, in what format? I've recently started listening to audiobooks, and I'm horrified to realize I now enjoy reading with my eyes less. Huh. Um, I'm... I just picked up. I just went to the library and I picked up uh, "Everything Is Illuminated" and uh, "No Country No Country for Old Men," and that's in in real print. So I'm hoping to actually get to them at some point. Chris? Oh, um, I have a desk job. So between uh, you know the stuff I have to do for "Read It and Weep," and you know uh, being at my desk looking at spreadsheets all day, uh, I don't actually have that much time anymore to read uh, books. Books. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of public radio stuff um, on in podcast form, um, but I don't really have that much time to read stuff that isn't coming in through my ears. I, um, I'm just, kind of the same way. I I consume. I read like 300 blog posts a day. Um, <laughs> yeah, Google Reader, man. I read a, yeah, I read a lot of RSS stuff, and and I do when I listen to when I read books. I do listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, I still I do that outside of the show. I do a lot of audiobooks. Yeah, but I don't read a lot of book books 
And actually, audiobooks. I mean, I love audiobooks. There are definitely some some weaknesses to them. Like when, during, when we, if you guys remember when we did the uh, the first Lauren Conrad book, and I was constantly confused between which of the two idiots <laughs> was talking. In my yeah. defense, I partly that's because it's the audiobook and they sound the same, and I can't like pause and go. I can't like stop and reread the previous sentence to make sense of it. Yeah. And I can't see like oh it alternated here 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 and here. So it is kind of easier to lose things, and it is also easier to like zone out for an hour or two yeah so it's not something i would do with things that are wonderful but for mediocre or or bad stuff it's great or or interesting like merely yeah. interesting i think nonfiction where they want to spit a lot of facts at you you know yeah. like uh, that works really well and with that the well has officially run dry please send us more infrequently asked questions so we can keep the dream alive so many ways to get in touch with us but our favorite one would be to call and ask a question leave it on our voicemail 509-588-1280 also, the other second best is probably Facebook, facebook.com slash weep. But if you go to our website, read-weep.com, you can click on contact and find a million other ways to get in touch with us. And by a million, I mean two. Ask us your questions about anything, about podcasting, about us personally, about Space Shark, about people we'd marry or boff. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode 59, and we're glad to have all of you. We will be back next week with episode 60. Next week, uh, we are going to be taking, as we tend to do, September to do some television. So starting next week, we're going to be watching some number of episodes of Jersey Shore. Suck it, guys. I don't even. I don't know how much, but we're gonna we're gonna watch some Jersey Shore. It's gonna... I'm excited. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked, dude. This is gonna be easier. It will definitely be easier, kind of. I don't know. We'll see. I this this just seems so. Uh, anyway, there, there are a lot of dumb people. I'm I'm ready to fall in love with each and every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and a mother of all of these Jersey boys. Well, well, excellent. I hope you can all join us next week. Uh, find those episodes and catch up. Well, anyway, join us for that. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephen. We've really appreciated all your filling in for Ezra yeah. and all you being guest as always really great yeah thanks a lot for having me and i'm glad glad you made it alive ezra yeah yeah ron's a tricky place (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) is is there still anything still nothing you want to pimp steven um uh diet and exercise i don't know Go take a 20-minute walk today if you're listening to it's this. It's the first time anyone has taken that opportunity to help people <laughs> talk about themselves. That was awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. You're a truly good individual. Yeah, I like, appreciate it. You, like, asked Santa for, like, a world peace or something like that. Good job. Oh, also my blog. <laughs> <laughs> Where I sell diet pills and, and <laughs> exercise machines. Yeah. Right. Great to have you back. As Thanks, for, as always, Chris. Yeah. Yep. All right, that's it. Everybody have a good night. Goodbye. Nothing from nothing to eat nothing. You gotta have something.